the only way to make electricity affordable for consumers in a medium to long term basis to energy efficiency. Take the example of fans. Almost 93% households have a fan in India, but just 3% of them use energy efficient fans, which are more than 50% more efficient than what people typically use. And one of the reasons why uh, there's a lack of adoption is lack of awareness. We find that only 25% of Indian households are even aware about the BE start level and the awareness is even further lower in rural areas. We really need to do a lot of catch up in making energy efficiency a household conversation, which in turn can help people make uh, the right choices in using the right kind of appliances, which in turn can help them use electricity in an affordable manner. That was Shalu Agarwal, Program Lead at the Council on Energy, Environment and Water, or CEW. And this is the Power for All podcast, a forum for leaders working to end energy poverty. I'm Divya Kutadil. In this episode, we speak to Shalu, the lead author of the India Residential Energy Survey, or IRES, the largest pan-India survey conducted by CEW in collaboration with the Initiative for Sustainable Energy Policy on energy access and consumption patterns in Indian households. The survey covered 14,850 households from 152 districts in the 21 most populous states. The surveyed states together account for 97% of the Indian population. IRES provides detailed information about the state of electricity and cooking energy access, energy consumption and expenditure patterns, equipment characteristics for major end users, including cooking, lighting, space cooling, heating and entertainment, as well as appliance purchase behavior and awareness about star labeling and energy conservation behavior among Indian households. But before we find out more on that, a reminder that you can find a wealth of sector news, analysis and data on our website, powerforall.org and our platform for energy access knowledge, Peak. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter and other updates, or support our work by making a donation from our homepage. With that, welcome Shalu. Thanks Divya, I'm super excited to be here. Great. So in the last decade or so, we've seen that there's been a lot of development in India's electrification story. And uh, while there are still people without access, which we'll come to a little bit later, um, can you speak a little bit about this success story of Sahabhagya and, and just from your perspective, from the survey that you guys did, uh, how this came about and what that means for India as a country? Right. No, that's a very pertinent question. Actually, how did we uh, go about doing all of this? Uh, so let me start with the fact that from our survey, we find that 97% of Indian homes now have electricity. And uh, for perspective, at the turn of century in 2000, just 57% households were using electricity for lighting. So effectively, India has brought electricity access to nearly 750 million people over the past two decades. Now, that's what makes it a phenomenal achievement, the time frame and the scale of it. The question as to how India did it, I think we'll have to uh, go back in time. uh, but the fact is, of course, India's household electrification story is dominated by the extension of grid infrastructure, which has been the focus of the government efforts. And the landscape for it was laid by the enactment of Electricity Act in 2003, which paved the way for accelerated development of the power sector. Uh, the, uh, the introduction of the Rajiv Gandhi Kramir Vidyutikaran Yojana in 2005 uh, expanded the electricity infrastructure to most villages in the following decade. And then subsequently, uh, the launch of Sobhagya scheme in 2017, uh, you know, was what gave the impetus for the last mile electrification. 
And the scheme was particularly well-designed taking cue from the past experiences uh, with the components of free or subsidized connection to all households, procedural simplification, village-level campaigns, and door-to-door surveys to ensure that no one is left behind. And of course, close monitoring of progress, uh, which together ensured that you know within just two years of time frame, 26 million households were electrified. And of course, uh, India's electrification story would have been incomplete without uh, the distributed renewables or DRE, even though it was mainly adopted in geographies where grid extension was not feasible or was too costly or the supply was too bad. Even from our survey, we find that nearly 7% of the households have non-grid solutions, including solar home systems, uh, uh, solar mini grids, battery storage, uh, but majority of them use them as a backup for the grid right now. and nearly 0.3% rely on them exclusively. So overall, we see that uh, uh, electrification, uh, you know, reaching near universal levels, uh, the positive spillovers of these efforts are going to be immense and we'll, of course, be reaping the benefits of these in the coming decade. 26 million households in two years is is phenomenal. But And, you know, like you said, to a large extent, the grid has reached most people, but there are still some who are left behind and others who are kind of, uh, have been connected in the past, but have been disconnected or those who are connected and have poor supply. And and so just from the survey insights, especially from a rural household uh, satisfaction level, like what have you, what is the, what is the sense on the ground? So we do find that uh, nearly two and a half percent of households are still unelectrified in the country. And most of these were in rural areas of a few states like Uttar Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, Haryana, Rajasthan, etc., we did ask these households, like, what is the reason why they don't have grid connection, even though it was being given out for free uh, under Sobhagya, and a majority cited the inability to afford the grid electricity because of their low incomes. And here they were mostly referring to the recurring monthly bills, because even though the connection is free, but the household will still need to pay the bills and they, that they may not be able to afford. Uh, we looked at the you know economic status of these households and their very poor households living in thatched huts uh, with very few limited assets. I mean, hardly any motorized vehicle or anything. Uh, so, of course, this is an affordability challenge that had been keeping these households off the grid. But uh, let me also mention that the issue of affordability is also there for many electrified households. So uh, we see nearly half a percent households in our survey had their connections disconnected due to non-payments. I remember during one of my field visits to Hardoi district in UP, uh, when we were talking to the Sarpanch, he said, okay, it's a great thing that electricity connections have been given for free. But then he asked me, okay, how do you expect that the poor people in the village will pay their monthly bills? Uh, I told them, okay, it's highly subsidized. And I said, okay, even a sum of 100 rupees can be deterring for many poor people. So, of course, uh, this is a big challenge that we will need to uh, figure out in the coming years, how do we sustain? Uh, But let me now come to the issue of electricity supply that you were referring to. And here we find that uh, at an all India level, uh, an average household gets 20 hours of supply every day. And of course, there are vast rural urban variation and interstate uh, divide as well. Uh, States like Delhi, Gujarat, uh, or Kerala, they have they get on an average more than 23 hours of supply a day, whereas uh, many states in the North India, like UP, Bihar, Haryana, Assam, uh, even uh, they they get almost like six hours of power cut in the rural areas. So uh, it's it's a really a mixed bag, 
And even though uh, it may sound, uh, you know, uh, that we are not doing so well in these states, but let me remind you that there have been a noticeable improvement over the past five years. So we did access uh, survey in 2015 in six North Indian states. And uh, just in rural UP and Bihar, for instance, we noticed that the average hours of supply uh, has gone up from nine hours a day in 2015 to 16 to 18 hours a day in 2020. So we're talking about almost 100% improvement in supply situation. Uh, and this, of course, uh, has also is, is also reflected in the improving satisfaction level. So Bihar, for instance, only 7% households said that they were satisfied with electricity in 2015. But in as 82% said that they are satisfied. So now, I mean, it's a order of like 10 times improvement in satisfaction levels. So uh, let's not forget, but that there are still users who are not satisfied, almost 25%. And uh, there's high prevalence of daily power cuts or voltage fluctuations. So uh, there's there's a lot that we still need to do. And we need concerted efforts to sustain this momentum and ensure that we are able to provide 24-7 supply to our uh, consumers. But this in turn would also be contingent on the health of the distribution companies, which is in turn linked to people's ability to pay for the services they use. I'm not just talking about the those on the margins, but it is... Uh, it's a it's a significant concern in many states, particularly in North India, where household sales comprise a major share of total sales, like UP, but the recovery dates are poor. So it leads to untenable losses, and the discounts find it difficult to say invest in the infrastructure or provide you know reliable supply. So it's it's a vicious circle that we are in, and these issues they assume greater significance since the pandemic has struck India. And as the demand from the industry and the commercial sector went down, the discoms are finding it even more difficult to pay uh, the dues and recover revenues from the consumer. So, uh, so an important concern before us is how do we sustain the, uh, you know, the electrification gains that we have made in the past decade. Right. And then that, that comes to an important aspect of this, right? So what's really the way forward now? I mean, there's been so many uh, government schemes for improving development outcomes, especially in rural areas uh, related to healthcare, livelihoods, agriculture, education. Um, But realistically, none of these can be implemented in a good way without reliable and affordable access to electricity. So, So what is the solution at this point? So on the way forward, uh, let me uh, answer in two parts. So on the electrification front, uh, the households that are left behind, we need context-specific and need-based solutions for them. DRE-based solutions like solar home systems or mini-grids can play an important role here, which is already a component under Subhagya and it's also aligned with the country's goal to achieve 175 gigawatts of renewables by 2022. On the point of how do we ensure uh, you know, reliable power supply to all the households, given that we see there are significant gaps across uh, many states in the country, uh, we need a multi-pronged solution as the problem itself is uh, multifaceted. There are technical, socioeconomic and institutional issues. So, uh, I mean, we first need to ensure that we are monitoring supply uh, on a regular basis, taking corrective and preventive maintenance measures. Uh, On this front, uh, the good part is that almost 85% of the distribution feeders in the country are metered. We are rolling out smart meters so we can really use these, you know, metering and advanced technologies for ensuring uh, that uh, we are able to provide reliable supply to all the consumers. 
But in parallel, we also need institutional reforms that can address challenges like providing regular bills, uh, easy payment collection mechanisms, and ensuring proactive consumer services to ensure that the consumer needs are being met in a proactive manner. And here we need to also try different models such as uh, distribution franchises, revenue franchises, etc. And uh, the country is already moving on the front. Uh, the third step, I think, is also important is of directing subsidies where they are needed the most. I mean, I talked about that uh, the affordability challenge is going to be a key one going forward. Uh, but the fact is we already have high subsidies. So instead of just increasing the subsidy pies, we need to direct them to the people who need the most, probably, you know, institute ultra low tariffs for those on the margins. And finally, we need, of course, uh, an ecosystem where the suppliers are engaging closely with the consumers to build the trust and also making them aware about their rights and responsibilities as an electricity consumers. Many newly connected households in the survey said uh, that the electricity is free, probably because of uh, some miscommunication that may have happened in some pockets. Now, if uh, you know you ask them to pay their bills, they might be at loss. So, I mean, we need to make sure that there is a, a complete uh, uh, sort of a 360 degree engagement and effort to uh, ensure that we are able to meet people's needs in a financially viable manner. Uh, but of course, I mean, going forward, another challenge is the fact that electricity use in household is for consumptive purposes only. So we also need to invest in the use of energy for productive purposes that can support livelihood activities because after all, unless the household incomes increase, uh, you know, they will find it challenging to meet their uh, increasing needs for electricity services or various kinds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so just for my last question, I just want to just go on a slightly different track. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about efficiency. We don't really talk about energy efficiency too much in the context of energy access, but Efficiency is also an access story, and especially in rural areas where, you know, you talk about affordability, um, you know, they can't afford to pay the bills, and that's kind of linked to the efficiency of the appliances that they're using. Um, so I'm wondering from the survey, if you, what, 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 what was your findings on the ground, and if you can talk a little bit about that, especially from the perspective of uh, rural households. Right, right. No, that's a very interesting question. And as you rightly said, people don't really talk about energy efficiency uh, when they're talking about energy access. So, uh, I mean, let me answer why I think energy efficiency is truly an access story. I mean, as a result of improved access, Indian homes have increasingly uh, buying electrical appliances, right? More than 20% of Indian homes bought their first fan or TV between over the last decade. So, I mean, you know, going forward, of, of course, they'll move towards more appliances. So besides the increase in tariffs, which is also happening, the increased uptake of appliances leading to increased consumption and hence higher energy bills. Now, you may remember that after the lockdown, there was so much, you know, hue and cry when people received electricity bills clubbed over two or three months. And even though there may have been some errors or some confusion for some bills, largely across states, this issue was there. So it was not really... Uh, the fact that they were the bills were wrong, but the fact that people find it difficult to uh, you know assume that the electricity consumption can be so high even with limited appliances, but that's how our appliances are. And this was despite the fact that majority of people in India use lights, fans, and TVs. That's it. The uptake of other 
you know, more energy intensive appliances like fridge, washing machine, AC, pumps, coolers, etc. It's still, I mean, much below 33% or so. So, I mean, this affordability issue that we discussed would only intensify with time. So the only way to make electricity affordable for consumers in a medium to long term basis is through energy efficiency. So let me give you an example that with an energy efficient appliance, a two bedroom household can run four lamps, two fans and a television at just 150 watt load and save 50 units of electricity or 300 rupees roughly every month. So that is a kind of transformation that can happen if you're adopting energy efficiency. But the problem is, I mean, from our survey, we see, take the example of fans, almost 93% households have a fan in India, but just 3% of them use energy efficient fans, which are almost more than 50% more efficient than what people typically use. And one of the reasons why uh, there's a lack of adoption is lack of awareness. We find that only 25% of Indian households are even aware about the B star level and the awareness is even further lower in rural areas or states which have seen recent electrification drives. So we really need to do a lot of catch up in making energy efficiency a household conversation, which in turn can help people make uh, the right choices uh, in using the right kind of appliances, which in turn can help them use electricity in an affordable manner. And of course, the affordable electricity also means that you know people are able to pay their bills on time, the discoms are able to recover the revenues, and they can invest in the infrastructure in turn to provide better quality supply. And of course, there are other benefits in the form of lower carbon emissions. So, I mean, energy efficiency is a key pillar in our fight against climate change, which also hurts those on the margins the most. So even on the social developmental side, it it has an access angle to it. And a very surprising part is that the whole energy efficiency story has been uh, has so far focused on appliances like refrigerators, geysers, and ACs, which are, I mean, mainly used by very high-income urban households, whereas the common mass-level appliances like fans, coolers, uh, are not so much, you know, in the conversation, they do not appear in the conversation on energy efficiency, which is why a lot of rural households are left behind. Uh, of course, we've seen uh, a significant success in the LED uh, you know, distribution program, which of course reached both urban and rural households. And that's the kind of uh, intervention or transformation we need for uh, more mass appliances like fans, which are currently comprising the majority of electricity bills of Indian homes. Right, that that's an excellent point. Actually, just just within the efficiency story, how rural households are left behind because the focus has largely been on large um, appliances. Um, yeah, well, so that was all for my questions. If you have something more you want to add about the survey, um, just just overall your findings. Yeah, and- I would uh, like to just say that I mean, uh, doing such a survey was a very uh, humbling experience, but also a very uh, enlightening one because uh, we have in the past looked at energy access separately, energy efficiency and demand separately, but these are really issues that are interlinked. And we believe that, I mean, this was our attempt to showcase why India needs such a dedicated survey uh, at the national level, and it should be institutionalized by the government so that, you know, we are able to plan better uh, and, you know, make more, I mean, make our policies and programs uh, responsive to the changing ground realities. 
uh, and uh, we will continue to look at the data and uh, find insights that can help the country, uh, you know, address the energy access challenge in a better manner. That's great. And uh, can you tell our listeners where to find this report? Yeah, we have publicly released these uh, two reports. The first one is on the state of energy access in India. And the second one is on the awareness and adoption of energy efficiency in Indian homes. Both the reports are available on CEW's website. We are, our listeners can access them at CEW.in. And uh, we'll be happy to chat to anyone who's interested in uh, these reports in the survey. That's great. Thank you so much, Shalu, for joining us today and for your insights. Thank you, Divya. It was a truly uh, great experience talking to you about this.